0: We'll take for our text this morning two verses, again, from our scripture reading, Matthew chapter 2. We'll look at just verses 1 and 2. Now when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he that is born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and are come to worship Him. There's always been a little bit of mystery, maybe intrigue that surround this account of these wise men. There's a lot of traditions that have been attached to these wise men. We realize, really, there's probably more we don't know about them than what we do know. For instance, we don't know exactly who they were, One song suggests that maybe they came from the Orient, but there is really uh, no proof of that. We just know they came somewhere from the East. Don't know how many there were. We know there was more than one because they refer to, the Word of God refers to it as wise men, but really, we don't know how many. The assumption is three because of the three gifts that they brought, but really there's There's no evidence. It could have been two. It could have been 30. It could have been 300. So no one knows for sure how many came. We don't know exactly when they showed up. We do know it wasn't at the same time that the shepherds showed up. Now I know many nativity scenes depict a different picture. They have the wise men there with the shepherds. But the Bible says that when the wise men found Jesus, he was actually a young child and they found him in a house. That's not to suggest that you go home and you pull the wise men out of your manger scene. I'm not suggesting that at all. I guess if you want to be sentimental and historically accurate, you could take him and put him about two feet away from that manger and imagine they were traveling to Bethlehem. But really there's a lot we don't know. We know they arrived sometime after his birth. But there's something we do know, and it's what God wants us to know about these men. These men were wise. They were wise men. And we know why they were wise. The Word of God tells us they had one purpose. That was to see Jesus and to worship him. You know, the wisest thing any of us can do is to seek Jesus and to find him and to worship him. You know, that's the wisest thing we can do, not just at Christmas time, but throughout the year. And the word of the, of, of the Lord says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. The word fear there means reverence or awe, respect, or worship. So we can certainly see why they would be considered wise. You know, not only did they seek the Lord, but it's good to understand how they sought the Lord. We see wisdom in that. Jeremiah 29, 13 says, And ye shall seek me and find me when ye search for me with all your heart. There's really only one way to seek the Lord. It's with all our hearts. You know, the wise men sought them with all their hearts. They proved that through their actions. You know, I thought of three things or three obstacles that could have been in their way, things they had to overcome. They had Distance. They had dangers, and they had distractions on their journey to find this Christ child. You know, the distance, again, is there's a lot of speculation about how far they traveled. Some estimates say they could have traveled anywhere from 300 miles, and one estimate was 9,125 miles. So we see there's a wide range of opinions there on how far they traveled. Not sure how long it took. Some commentaries say it could have taken 50 to 60 days. Others say it could have taken up to two and a half years. But the fact is, they were willing to travel any distance to find the Lord. You know, I'm surprised at the distance. Some of my own family members will travel just for a hamburger. You know, when uh, In-N-Out came to Kaiser, Oregon girls were thrilled about that. It's only 45 miles away. And I never did understand what the excitement was about. There was an In-N-Out when we lived in California, about five miles from our house, and I didn't care for it then. Now, I know I may get in trouble with some. I don't mean to offend any In-N-Out fans, but the fact is, you know, their desire for an In-N-Out burger was greater than the distance it took, and they've, they've been there more than once. To get an in out burger. I told him if I want a burger, I'll go down to Powell to Burgerville and I'll get a burger just as good. And I won't have to spend nearly the time to do that. But, you know, the fact is when a person's desire is greater than the distance, they don't even think about it. Well, for these wise men, there was something in their hearts. You know what? I don't think distance made a bit of difference to them. When they set out to seek the Lord, God placed something in their hearts and They were determined they were going to follow the Lord no matter how far it took them or how long it took. You know, there were dangers involved. Travel back in those days was extremely dangerous. It was treacherous. They faced, uh, often there were bandits or bank robbers that would wait along the travel routes there and they would rob the weary travelers that came by and they, they faced the elements there. They didn't have nice, smooth, paved roads or nice automobiles to travel, and they didn't have any Starbucks along the way. It was treacherous traveling. They faced wild animals and all kinds of things, and yet they were willing to keep going in spite of the distance, in spite of the dangers. And of course, there were the distractions. You know, Jesus let us know in his word that there's a cost involved in seeking the Lord, Jesus himself said, if you're going to build a tower, he said, first sit down and consider what it's going to cost to see if you have uh, the means to finish that. And what he was emphasizing as a fact is, you know what? Following Christ, it comes with a cost. For many, when they start to consider that cost, uh, it can become a distraction to them. You know the cost for these Wise man to seek the Lord at the same cost we must be willing to pay today. Jesus told us what that cost was. You know, people maybe act surprised that there's no hidden cost in following Jesus. He tells us exactly what the cost is. You want to know what it is? Everything. That's what it'll cost us to seek the Lord with all our hearts. He said, if any man would be my disciple, let him deny himself, take up his cross, And daily follow me, so we know there's a cost involved there. There was a cost to these men. There was a time commitment. Again, they didn't know how long this was going to take, but they were willing to spend as much time as was necessary to find the Christ. You know, we don't, it's easier to uh, commit to something when we think of it as short term or maybe something part time, but That's not how it is in the gospel. It's going to take our all. Everything we have, we need to commit it to the Lord. You know, there was a financial impact that these men faced here. We see that even in the gifts that they brought the Lord. You know what? These gifts weren't just some worthless trinkets. These were costly gifts. These were gifts that were purchased at great sacrifice. These were gifts that were befitting of a king. You know, the things we give the Lord, they must be our best. The Lord doesn't want our trinkets. You know, we, sometimes giving requires sacrifice. But these men were willing to do that. You know, I thought of some other distractions. It says these were wise men. You know, it's possible that even their own intellect could have gotten in the way. You know, there's nothing wrong with being educated. And these men, I think it's probable they were part of uh, maybe an elite group of people in their society. Maybe they were scholars and educators. You know, maybe they had a great deal of secular education. And again, there's nothing wrong with education. But tragically, so often, that very thing can become a stumbling block to so many people. They had to lay aside their own thoughts and their own ideas. You know, they weren't on an intellectual pursuit. They were on a spiritual pursuit. You know, thinking and seeking the things of God, it's it's a spiritual pursuit. We don't approach it intellectually. We approach it through faith, and that's what they had to do. We know what the Word of God says. It says, if the gospel be hid, it is hid to those who, that perish in other words those that are too proud or those that are too wise in their own conceits to acknowledge that they need a savior and that they're uh, sinners separated from the Lord uh, those are the ones that will perish the ones that want to put intellect over faith the preaching of the cross is foolishness to those that perish but to those who are saved it is the power of God unto salvation the most foolish thing a person can do Is to resist the Lord, to deny the Lord, or to uh, fail to seek Him, especially when the Spirit of the Lord prompts that individual. So we want to be like those wise men. Take advantage of the opportunities and the time we have to seek the Lord. You know, the reason we're so distracted at times, it says distractions are processed by the brain more quickly than things we try to concentrate on. It's true. If you don't believe me, try going on a diet around Thanksgiving or Christmas time. Tried that. My intentions are good, and I realize I could probably stand to lose a few pounds, but there's too many distractions, and my mind easily processes all those distractions. But it takes some discipline, it takes some focus. And in life, it's the same way. The Bible says uh, that the cares of life can choke out that word. These men had the same distractions we face today, but there was something in their hearts. You know how they avoided distraction? It says they kept their eyes on the star. They followed that star wherever it went. To do that, they had to keep their gaze heavenward. They had to look up. That's the same for us. The Word of God says... Look up, for your redemption draweth nigh. The psalmist said, "I will lift up mine eyes unto the hills, from whence cometh my help?" It comes from the Lord, the Maker of the heaven and earth. And we keep our eyes on Jesus. Keep our eyes on things above. It'll keep us from being distracted with those things below. And they had to do that. They followed that star. They kept their eyes on that star. You know, they sought the Lord with the right motives. I said, where is he that is born, King of the Jews? We've seen a star in these, and we've come to worship him. You know, people, sometimes they want to seek God for selfish reasons. They want to use God sometimes. Maybe if a person needs a promotion, or maybe they'll call on God when they're in trouble, or maybe they want the Lord to somehow prosper their business or do something for them. Personally, the Bible says, Often, when people ask, they receive not because they ask amiss. They ask for selfish reasons or selfish motives. We don't see any of that in these men here. It's just that they came to worship Him. That was their whole desire, was to come and worship the Lord. You know, so often people want to seek God for what He can do, but very few seek Him for who He is. That's why they were seeking Him. They wanted to worship Him, to worship recognize Him as King of kings, Lord of lords. You know, it's important to get first things first. It says, And when they were coming to the house, they saw the young child with Mary his mother and fell down and worshiped him. And then they opened their treasures and presented him with the gifts. It's important. I realized as I was studying this passage of Scripture, Far too many people, you know what? They want to give the Lord gifts or sacrifices. They want to give the Lord anything but themselves. These men gave themselves first. We must do the same. The Bible says to obey is better than sacrifice. And if you're trying to give the Lord something other than yourself, other than what He requires, you know what? That gift is worthless and useless to the Lord. But these men recognize Jesus They submitted themselves to the Lord. Then they presented their gifts. Many think it was those very gifts that Mary and Joseph used uh, after they had to escape there out of Bethlehem and they took their flight into Egypt. It was those very gifts that financed that trip for them. So we can see that these gifts that were given as a sacrifice and in consecration of the Lord, the Lord sanctified those gifts and used it to bless others. That's how God will use your gifts. But it must come from a heart that submitted and surrendered to the Lord. The Bible says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God, then all of these other things shall be added unto us. We want to get first things first. And we see that they were a perfect example of that. They sought the Lord in obedience. You know, seeking the Lord requires learning to follow. They followed the star wherever it led them. We know first it led them to Jerusalem and then to the house where Jesus was. What would have happened if somewhere along the journey they would have thought, you know what, we don't really need to follow the star. We can do this on our own. We can navigate this thing on our own. You'd be reading a much different account. You might not even be reading the account at all, but they needed to learn to follow. And as long as they did that, that star led them wherever they needed to go. You know, they had a star. They may have had a few ancient manuscripts. They knew a few prophecies about the birth of Christ. And they had a desire to see Jesus. But that was enough for them. You know, I thought we even have an advantage that the wise men didn't have. They had the star. We have the Holy Spirit to lead us and to guide us. They had maybe a portion of the Scriptures. We have the entire Word of God as our counsel. It says that Word of God will be a light unto our feet and a lamp unto our path. Oh, and we, if we have a desire, if we couple that with what we've been given, you will find the Lord. If you're willing to seek him like they did with all your heart, you can find the Lord today. You know, their obedience didn't stop after they found Jesus. It says, as they departed, the Lord appeared to them in a dream and instructed them to go home a different way. You know, our obedience to the Lord doesn't stop once we found Christ. We come in faith and obedience, and we're saved through obedience, but that obedience must continue, that sensitivity to the Spirit of the Lord. We must continue to follow that if we want to see the Lord someday. Jesus says to obey. Again, it's better than sacrifice, so we want to make sure we follow in obedience. Isaiah 30, 21 says, And thine ears shall hear a word behind thee, saying, This is the way, walk ye in it when ye turn to the right hand, and when ye turn To the left. So again, they followed in obedience. We must do the same. You know what? They sought the Lord in faith. Hebrews 11.6 says, He that cometh to God must believe that he is a rewarder, of then that diligently seek him. You know, I don't think there was a moment when these wise men ever doubted that their efforts would go unrewarded. I think they believed from the very moment that one day they were going to see Jesus. We know they did. They know they didn't know how far they were going to have to travel, didn't know how long it was going to take or where they were going to find him. But one thing they were sure was that they were going to see Jesus. And we see one day, you know what? Their faith became sight. You read there in verse 11. And when they were coming to the house, they saw the young child with Mary and his mother, and fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented unto him gold and frankincense and myrrh. They saw Jesus. Can you imagine the thrill that must have shot through their heart when they finally got to that place and they looked on Jesus with their physical eyes? They saw Jesus. You know, that's the same hope we have. We have that hope today. If you're saved and you're serving the Lord, you can have faith. One day, and I believe it can be very soon, we can see Jesus. But we have to continue in faith. Just like these wise men did, their efforts were rewarded. You know, the Lord never intended for these men to be lifelong seekers. God doesn't intend for you to be a lifelong seeker. God wants you to find him. If you're seeking the Lord for anything, whether it's to be saved or to be sanctified, filled with the Holy Spirit... If you seek Him with the, all your heart, the Lord says he will, you will find Him. The Lord will give you the desires of your heart, but we have to follow and seek Him in faith. You know, when we're seeking the Lord in faith, like these wise men did, we're going to leave all our over preconceived ideas behind about how we're going to find Him or where we're going to find Him. If you're hungry enough for the Lord, you know what? You can find the Lord anywhere. It's true. These men, they found Jesus in a house. They didn't find Him in a temple or a palace. They found Him in a house, maybe on the outskirts of town somewhere. I thought of those examples in the Bible of some very unusual places where people found the Lord because their hearts were right. Their condition of their hearts was right. I thought about that Ethiopian man out there in the middle of the desert, gone to Jerusalem seeking the Lord and didn't find the answers there, but he was still seeking the Lord and... So we know the Spirit of the Lord sent Philip out there to meet that man out in the desert, right in the middle of the desert, out in Gaza, wherever that is. It's the desert. And said Philip began to preach Christ into that man. And as he traveled along, that man said, what what, what hinders me from being baptized? What hinders me from being saved? And Philip said, if thou believest with all thine heart, there's the key. And he said, I believe. I believe that Jesus is the Son of God. They stopped right there. He was baptized and he said he came out of the water and went on his way rejoicing. You know, your physical location is not the important thing. It's the condition of your heart. This man found him out there in the middle of the desert. Zacchaeus, where did he encounter the Lord? He's up in a tree of all places. But he said he sought to see Jesus who he was and the Lord saw that desire. We know the end of that account it says that he received Jesus gladly that day the Philippian jailer, you know, and he met Jesus right there in the middle of the prison. You know, as the Lord sent that earthquake and he was about ready to take his life and Paul called out and told him not to do himself any harm. It says that man came in and in fear and trembling, he said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? I'll tell you, he was was very much seeking the Lord in that moment. He went from a moment of desperation to a moment of hope. But they told him, believe. And again, it said he believed and his whole house was saved and baptized and he said he rejoiced. You see a common thing here. Anyone who seeks the Lord and finds him, they have one thing in common. They all leave rejoicing. The Lord did that for them. You know, the Lord can do that for you today. Whether you're here, this is a good place to find the Lord. Whether you're at home or listening to him, by the way of the radio, if your heart is in the right place, you can find the Lord today. If you're willing to seek him to give everything, to sacrifice to the Lord. The Lord will meet you right where you are. You know, in closing, we read also in that 12th verse, it says, After the Lord had warned them to depart another way. I like it, what it says here. It says, They departed in their own country another way. You know, they left different than when they came. And you know, when you meet Jesus Christ, you'll leave different than when you came. They were changed men. The Bible says, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. All the old things will be passed away. And behold, all things will become new. You can meet the Lord today wherever you're at. If your heart is right, if you're seeking the Lord, the Lord can be found of you today. and You can leave rejoicing. You can be changed you know, the wise men saw Jesus the first time He came because they were looking for Him. The Word of God tells us, Unto those that look firm shall they appear the second time, without sin, unto salvation. Christ came once. Many people missed it. Christ is going to return. We know that for a fact. Many people will miss it. But for those that are looking for the Lord, those that are seeking the Lord with all their hearts, those that have prepared their hearts, they'll see the Lord when He returns. We want to be among those that are wise, you know, in that moment, nothing else will even matter. Nothing at all will matter. Those sacrifices we made and the things we may have had to endure, you know they what, they'll pale in comparison to the glory that we'll experience when we step in the presence of the Lord. And that hope can be yours today. Just like those wise men. We want to be wise. Seek the Lord while He may be found. Call upon him while he is near. The Lord will meet you today. God bless you. Let's sing 478. Spend some time seeking the Lord today.